Can you let all of our listeners know um, your full name and when you lived in Dana? Sure. Um, so my name is Tony Badolka, and probably unlike many of the people that you've talked to, I actually did not live on Dana. I uh, came to Dana in a very different way. My father was Frank Badolka, and he was a teacher at uh, Dana for several years. And uh, and I always kind of remember, and I was you know quite young at the, at the time, but at one point, Dad and Mom sat us down and said, you know, since Dad's teaching there, you know, they will, you know, they'll be fine if if the two of you want to go to school in Dana. And we both agreed. Uh, so I went into Dana in grade three, which probably would have been 1971, I would think. Uh-huh. And I was there for grade three, four, and five. And my sister Hope also went. Uh, she was three years older than than I am. And uh, and it was a you know it was a really. I mean, for me, I think particularly since I was a farm kid, you know, I knew very little about the world. Uh, so I just sort of thought, you know, one, it's going to be a really interesting adventure to, you know, to go to this school that, you know, was only three miles away from our farm, less if you sort of just went across the field. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then two, to, you know, to actually have the experience of being taught by my father. Yeah. What, what did your dad teach? He was, I think he was teaching a, was it like maybe a great, I don't know if it was a grade three and four split or a grade five, six split. I think some of the classrooms were, were put together. Do you remember? Is that right? Yes. Some of them were um, together. Yeah. Do you remember any of your classmates' names? Yes, I do. You know, it was, it was good on the uh, Facebook page. Someone had put up some of the photos of of the classrooms and, and of course I've, I've seen them all because dad had a collection of them as well uh, but the one was uh, they had they put some names <laughs> around the <laughs> edge and it, you know, they just it was so great and I like I remember there was uh, in my I think must have been my grade four year and there's another uh, guy who was called Tony his last name is starts with an S I don't remember the last name uh, but I liked him because he was actually the first person I had ever met who had the same first name as I did. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then there is, uh, you know, another buddy of mine was named Kenneth. And there was another guy named Alan Stotsky, I think was his last name. Uh-huh. And another good friend of mine was Mike Palmer, mm-hmm. who, uh, who actually connected with on Facebook several years ago. So that was fun. And... Um, and I remember Gail Rostalka, I think was her last name, and Anne Broughton, I believe, I think was her last name. Um, and then there was a, another fellow named Gerald Bungay, I think is what his last name was. Uh-huh. But other than Michael Palmer, I've not, you know, run into or, or gotten in contact with, with any of these people. It would be, you know kind of neat to, like when you've gone through that experience together, it would be really neat to, uh, you know, just to know what's happened to them, like what their lives have become, you know, what, you know, hopefully they've, they've had a, a happy life and have done some cool things. Yes. Um, I, uh, and as far as the teachers, I remember Mrs. Beaulieu, who, um, you know, even today when, you know, if anybody was to ask who my favorite teacher in the world or, you know, 
was it's it's Mrs. Beaulieu. There was something really special about her. Like she, I really felt that she kind of, you know, saw me. Like she knew who I was. Like I felt. I remember because you know I would have been only like nine or ten years old at that point. But I just I don't know. I just felt that she really kind of understood who I was and that I could tell her anything. So it'd be really interesting to see uh, what's happened to her. Mm-hmm. And and I remember the French teacher. I think Claire Pinchot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember him just having this black jet hair, and I, and I, <laughs> I think he had a, a, a beard and a mustache, yes. which you know wasn't as cool then as it is now. Um, and then Ollie Kamernicki, yeah, she was a teacher there as well. I don't think I ever had her as a teacher, but I remember she was a, a friend of mom and dad's, and she had a daughter named Bonnie, who I think I think also went to school there. Or just hung out around the school because her mom was a teacher there. Mm-hmm. Did they have the tether balls when you were there? Yes, yeah. that was absolutely <laughs> a, a memory. And and you know one of the things Tanya that I I I think about a lot when I think about my three years there is that you know it was really easy to make friends, and I think part of it was just because you know everybody or, you know, most of the the kids that were there, they were so used to being transferred every three years. So, you know, they didn't have time to wait and and have these, you know, long bills up to becoming friends. It was like you got there and you made friends right away. So Mm -hmm. I I found the the other kids there, you know, really made friends easily, which was very different from, you know, when I eventually went back to school in my hometown of Prudhomme, where, you know, their friendships was all based on, you know, who you were and how long, you know, have you been around and who you're related to? Mm-hmm. So it was a very different environment. And, and I remember particularly with that tether ball, because dad would often stay after the school day was done to, you know, prepare things for next day or what have you, you know, we would just be basically hanging around the school. And, and you know, a number of the kids would, you know, know that and they would hang out with me and we often <laughs> played tether ball. Yeah. Did your family go on base for anything else? Any of the activities, sure. winter carnivals or the pool? Yes. The movies? You know, um, one of the most vivid memories I have were of mom and dad getting ready or the preparations for going to, you know, big parties on base. I, I guess they must have been in the mess hall. I think that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. And, and I particularly remember, because mom and dad weren't, you know, fancy party goers. I don't Mm -hmm. ever remember them doing that before or even after, but during those years they were. And what they would often do is they would invite some of, you know, the people that they got to know from the base to our farm to have, you know, appetizers and cocktails (laughs) before they would, you know, go back to the base to, for the party. I, I, I remember in particular, I think it was like a new year's Eve party and and being just, you know, I was just kind of a little kid, you know, peeking from around the corner and they were just all dressed so beautifully and, you know, just laughing and having such a good time. And it just seemed like such a, you know, cool, sparkling, exciting kind of environment. Uh-huh. And uh, and I just remember mom and dad just really enjoying that quite a lot. Uh-huh. So neither of them were military. They just, they, um, your dad worked up there as a teacher. That's correct. Yes. And yeah, and I don't. Yeah. I don't really know how that worked. I don't know if all of the teachers were non-military personnel, mm-hmm. or if they always hired 
local teachers because they knew they could stay longer periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, do you know, Tanya, how that worked? No, I didn't, no. So I'm glad you were sharing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was, and I, I was asking mom the other day if she remembered why, you know, how it first came to be for him to go teach there. And I, you know, it's kind of hard for me because it was so many years ago, but I, you know, and she couldn't quite remember anymore, but I I think he was a teacher there for several years. Mm -hmm. And then after we had been there for three years, he, I think, decided that he wanted to focus on, on the farm and, and eventually he became a, uh, uh, a reflexologist as well. Like he was always very oh. into uh, holistic health. Uh-huh. Uh, so he decided to leave and it was, I was very sad. I was sad to leave the base because that's, those are kind of formative years when you're, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, again, it was, it was a very different thing for me to experience because you would sometimes you know, make a friend with someone and then, you know, boom, they're transferred in the next year. They just sort of disappeared. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you if you remember your last days. I was, and then you say you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just, yeah, you know, it was kind of bittersweet. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it uh, you know, I, I think I, I un- understood the why of it, but it just, uh, I had, I had such a lovely three years there. Like I just, I have nothing but you know, really positive memories of, of my time uh, at the base. Just as I said earlier, people were so friendly and it was, it was a very foreign thing for me, especially being a farm kid. Like I wasn't used to hanging out with, with kids that were, you know, all sort of living in one area. And, and it just seemed so, people seemed so at ease about, you know, if one of my friends just kind of invited me home after, after school um, every, everyone was just kind of like, okay with that. And you'd kind of go to <laughs> one house and then you'd, you know, cross the street to go to another house and just do whatever they were doing. It was uh, a really nice, very nice environment. <laughs> Have you been back since it's been closed? Yeah. You know, I mean, not often. Uh, I think I went back once, you know, after the, the base was closed, but I, but the, there were, there were still most of the buildings there. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, I went back once, but the, you know, the PMQs were all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when they were, uh, when the land was sold and the Buffalo farm uh, appeared there, I don't believe you were allowed to go back on, mm. uh, on the base. Uh, so I never went back on after that, but it was always, you know, kind of neat to, to drive by and, and see the buffalo, but it it was it was sad to see it as a ghost town, especially having had spent you know a number of, of years there and and just seeing all the buildings empty and and just remembering how much activity there always was there. It, it really, even though it was made up of families that came from different parts of the country and sometimes different parts of the world, uh, it always seemed like a real close knit community Mm. Uh, you know i i think there is a feeling that it was a base that really was by itself you know saskatoon's an hour away uh you know there was a number of small towns around but it it uh you know people had to to learn how to you know entertain themselves quite a lot Mm -hmm. one of the 
the memories that mom talked about is that, and I think it might have been my sister, Hope, who invited a couple of her friends to come over and and visit our farm. And a lot of these kids hadn't been on farms before. And, you know, they came over and, you know, they had hung out and, and, you know, just hung out on the farm and saw the cats and the dogs and the cows. And, and mom showed them the garden and it was springtime and, but late enough enough in the season that, you know, the peas were coming out and the kids just, you know, loved sitting in the garden and shelling the peas. And they, of course, just tasted like, you know, little, round pieces of sugar Uh, so I think it it really uh, affected a lot of the kids such that the next weekend a couple of them decided to come over even without being invited and (laughs) just found the body on the garden eating the peas (laughs) and she just I remember she just laughed she said like I think they think it's like a store (laughs) just sort of come and eat vegetables whenever you want Um, and and then the other things that they really liked when the the kittens were born in the spring Uh and uh, and they would come and like to play with the the kittens and, and a lot of them hadn't hadn't seen that kind of thing before that's great yeah and and dad you know i sort of remember him being he was a real dedicated teacher like i think he really loved teaching and he was the kind of guy who he he loved poetry which is so odd to me because i just i even though i'm a writer today i don't I, i don't Poetry just isn't my thing, but he had, you know, several really important poems. I don't even remember the names, but even, you know, many years later, you would mention them to him and he could recite them. Uh, he remembered them. Uh, and he liked to sing a lot because he was a, a, a cantor. And uh, so I think there was, you know, a lot of singing and poetry in his classrooms. I remember him being... And it's an interesting thing to be in a classroom with your father as a teacher because you see them so differently than you would at home. Mm-hmm. And yet he seemed very much the same in the classroom, but he was quite formal. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he was always really interested in the kids and just I think he was very keen to to help them learn in whatever way it was. And, and for him, a lot of times it was... Um, memorizing things. I think a lot of kids complain because you would make them memorize poems and then stand up and recite them in front of everybody. Or he would like have them, you know, draw the combustion engine or, or something like that. Uh, but I think in general, kids liked him a lot. Like I think he, uh, he got a lot of, you know, really nice notes at the end of the year that's, that he would show us. So I think he really, he really enjoyed doing it. The teacher I had in Dana, Mrs. Brown, she brought a lot of poetry and music into the classroom as well. That's where I learned about Dennis Lee and Alligator Pie and Sharon Lois and Bram. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Something so in common with the teachers. Say, like, what if the, the teachers all kind of talked to one another and, and figured out <laughs> how best to, <laughs> to ruin our lives? <laughs> um, do you have any... Um, do you associate a song or a TV show or a movie or a book with Dana? You know, no, I know you, you asked other, uh, other of your guests with that. And I don't, not really. I think, you know, being nine or 10 at the time, I don't know that any of those things really stuck with me that, that much. I mean, the only 
book that I could think of was, I think there was like a CFS Dana cookbook. <gasps> yes, and, I love that. Yes, and I, I think even mom mom put something in there, mm-hmm. but I can I can still see it in our kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that would sort of be the one that, that I would remember. In your books you write, is there anything about Dana in them? Are you inspired <laughs> by anything? Well, I, I mean, in a way, yes. And in a way, my brain works is that, you know, I rarely will ever, you know, use someone in, you know, specifically, but as I've, you know, met people in my life, even way back then, I mean, that just kind of sticks in the back of my brain. And then when I'm creating a character, I'll, I'll pull some of that out and add it to a character. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's so many things that I, when I think about some of the students that I was with back then, and uh, the one young fellow, Kenneth, that was in our class, and I always remember he wore these really cool sweater vests that looked like they might have been crocheted or something. They were really mm-hmm. unique, and there was always like a really cool pattern on them. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of you know specific detail that I would use in books because it's just so it makes someone so so real. Yeah. Um, and just I think the other thing that really I took from that experience that I have sometimes kind of played around with in my books is just how you know having that group of people there who were, you know, really from different parts of the country, but they had a a very precise reason for being where they were. Mm -hmm. And I think they were very, you know, dedicated people and always very fit. Like I remember a lot of, you know, stuff in the swimming pool and parades and people going in runs and walkathons and things like that, um, which was impressive to me. It's very different from a farming community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just those two pursuits, you know, the military pursuit and the farming pursuit are are very different. Um, It it just felt to me, it felt like a very worldly place. Mm -hmm. And I, I always wondered about, you know, these kids and I just, I loved asking them questions about where they had been and, and how it felt for them when they realized that they were being transferred. And the, the one buddy in particular, Mike Palmer, I remember when he was transferred and he was probably my best friend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was a very, you know, even just for, you know, two, you know, prepubescent boys, it was a pretty dramatic thing to mm-hmm. say goodbye to each other. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I and that that those sorts of feelings are are also the kind of stuff that I I write about a lot. A lot of my my books are very character driven. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's an interesting idea. There's, you know, when I think about when the base closed down, and of course there are the the, the domes of the of the radar the radar domes, and and when they started disappearing, that was a really it was an odd time for us as, as a family because, you know, we had been involved in the base and dad had taught there and our farm really was in the shadow of those domes for, mm-hmm. you know, so, so much of, of my early life. And when they started disappearing, it was, you know, that, that really is a sign of, of things changing and time moving on. And there's a kind of a bittersweet note to that. Mm-hmm. Have you been back? Oh, yes, multiple times. Oh, good, good. Um, even, even, even since it was a buffalo farm, like, have yes. you been able to get one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, where are you and everyone in your family now? 
Yeah, so uh, so my dad, Frank, passed away uh, at the uh, beginning of 2020. And uh, mom is still around. She's uh, going to be 90 this coming year. What's her first name? Uh, Johanna. Johanna. Yes. And then my sister Hope is the uh, an assistant dean at the College of Nursing at the University of Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. And you're living in Saskatoon? Yes, yeah. So I live in Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. And I actually originally I became a teacher. Oh, <laughs> like you know, your dad. Partially, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it was very important to dad and mom that that we all pursue higher education and I was the only son of a, of a farmer. And if I wasn't interested in farming, which I wasn't, that was, you know, that's, that's what you did. So I went to the U of S and originally I was thinking I was going to be, uh, an optometrist, <laughs> mm-hmm. but eventually, eventually I sort of fell into to teaching because that's what dad was a teacher and my brother-in-law was a teacher. And, and I just kind of, thought, well, that seems like the thing to do, um, but it was a mistake for me. I, it wasn't for me at all, and fortunately, I found out really quickly. Like As soon as I, I uh, went student teaching, uh, I just realized that, man, I don't think I could see myself doing this for the next 30 years, and, and you know, if it's not good for me, it's not good for the kids, yeah. um, so I kind of, I, I then kind of left teaching and and just worked um, doing, you know, a whole multiple of different things, trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Eventually went back to the U of S and um, got my BCom degree and got my uh, CPA designation. And I worked as a, uh, an accountant for uh, Ernst & Young for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. I was a corporate auditor. And then I kind of was reaching one of those milestone ages where you kind of start looking at your life and thinking, boy, you know, what are the things that's, that you still have to do? And ever since I was a young, young kid, uh, I wanted to write. Mm. And, and that's when I just decided to take the leap. And, and it was, it was good timing for me because I, you know, I had had a good career. I had a career to fall back on if it didn't work. I, you know, I had savings in the bank, so I wasn't going to starve and decided to just, jump in and and try writing and fortunately it's it worked out to me out for me so i've been you know a full-time writer now for almost 20 years oh that's great yeah i work in a library so i just love books and reading ah good good, good. <laughs> i like librarians <laughs> may i try uh, may i try out a new question on you absolutely um so you're the first one i'm going to ask this to um, and I, I can't take credit for it. I have, since starting this podcast, I've reconnected with my best friend that, that I had to say goodbye to in Dana. And uh, she suggested this question, which I just loved. Um, she said, if you could go back to Dana and be any age and it was any time, what was something you would do? Like to re-experience or to experience differently? Or, but if you could go back, it could be any age, any time. To Dana, what would you do? Yeah. Gosh, well, you know, I, I, I think I would probably go back as a young adult mm-hmm. who's maybe just sort of starting out 
his career, it just, to me, it seemed like a very exciting place to be. And, and of course, you know all the history of Dana probably better than anyone. It, I, I, I love the idea of, you know, these young families coming together to do something that, you know, in a way is, was meant to protect their country. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would have been an exciting time to be there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. Absolutely. Now, Tanya, has anyone ever interviewed you for this podcast? No. <laughs> That's not a good thing. That'll happen one day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, okay. if you want, just give me a call. I'll okay. be the interviewer. Okay, have a good day. Thanks, Tanya. Bye. Bye.